tonight on a very special edition of Best Ball Breakfast. Draft with the winner of Best Ball Mania 2 in a sack of potatoes. Oh, another influencer 101 for the backward hats, bro. Rigged! Zach Ertz with no Tyler Algier bringback? Yikes! You reached a round for correlation? That's a no-no. You ADP bros disgust me. How about you just live a little? Handcuffing might actually be a way to get unique if the field's avoiding it. The Wi-Fi at this resort is a disaster? These fucking streamers don't have player takes. What if a piss boy draft is the room you need? Oh! Liam Murphy, famously the winner of Best Ball Mania 2 here joining me for a special late night edition of Best Ball Breakfast. Liam, how are you doing? You said you're going to be drinking coming off of a home league draft. Yeah, I just came off my home league draft. Uh, dude, I got to give it up to you, man. You bring the production value to another level. And, you know, the people have to know this is your this is your first stream in the brand new office. Well, Liam, when it takes you nine months to just create a YouTube channel, everything is going to seem incredible to you. <laughs> you know, I'm an optimist, Pete. You got to tell a story in your lineups. You got to be surprised in the day-to-day. And I'm I'm happy to bank this with you. I couldn't think of a better way. You know, like we kind of have this, this teacher-student relationship. It, you know, we cross the lines of who's doing what for what topic. Uh, but excited to hopefully bank this down and and produce a stream people have to watch for eternity that's right that is the ultimate goal is just creating uh content that is is incredibly evergreen in the same way people are circling back to the uh the draft bime for and i did last year but yeah a lot of people don't know i was listening to you you did um neil orfield's podcast recently he has a great podcast over there on the uh stochastic network and uh, you were telling a little bit of the backstory about our, our humble beginnings as a chess coach and uh, chess prodigy, although I use the word prodigy pretty loosely there. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it started, you know, I have been someone who, who have played tournament level fields forever, whether it's poker or um, DFS. And, dude, I remember being in my... Uh, my East Harlem apartment and just crying in tears at this man's character at the one, two tables, like <laughs> fucking with the hardos in the one, two streets being like ugh, stacking up the ones. And then, you know, COVID hits, it's a whirlwind. Everyone's trying to figure out their new, their new life. And I, you know, I don't know. I'm on YouTube one day and I think I just saw you and I was like, is that the man's like talking about DraftKings And, and from there, I think I, is how I found best ball. So it's been a, uh, it's been a holistic journey, or, or at least I found underdog that way. I think. Yeah, and uh, you know, you've had, what what has been like you've you now carry the champions belt. Have you felt felt the pressure of being an underdog ambassador? You're clearly just living it up. I mean, I check in on your channel, and you're just like drunk drafting with 19 of your college buddies. I mean, like, what, what what's the deal over here? Pete, we have no vision, you know, like I think we're trying to we're threading a needle of trying to provide actionable content and having no agenda at all. And so just figured I'd stream, learn a little bit about the content making process, um, getting ready to launch my chess stuff pretty soon, which I'm looking forward to. Don't know what I'm going to do once the NFL season starts, but you know, you learn from the best, you come from the best tree, you know, like 
Dave Kitchen, he may be the trunk, but you're a solid branch uh, in my in my journey, if if not the trunk. So that's all happy. that's all any of us can ask for is to be a branch, a small twig in the in the uh, you know, the the sequoia sized roots that David Kitchen has left within the best ball industry. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, man. But is this a picture? Is that you dunking a basketball in the background? Oh, yeah. This was uh it was up on oh, my oh, office. You, you see that back there? <laughs> no, that yeah, that was on my I had that on my backdrop for a while. Uh, that was from the Top Shot days. There was this this snapshot moment when Top Shot was pumping, and I was one of the first people to make video content. And so this guy Dean Sauce, a terrific artist, he created he created like what he called the Top Shot Mount Rushmore. And I somehow snuck in on that because I had made my Top Shot Bro video, and I'm with Roham, you know, the inventor of Dapper Labs and all this stuff. So I I really pulled a fast one over on the Top Shot community in regards to getting. You're not giving yourself video. enough credit. Like I feel like you onboarded a lot of people to the NF NFT, to like just the NFT space. Um, like you were, well, you were I, instrumental in like then like, you know, introducing the common man, I would say, which well, I include myself as part of. There was no promo code uh, with NBA <laughs> Top Shot, so it was all for naught. Uh, someone did ask if I had received my uh, payment for this draft here. And is this like a little, I mean, last I checked, 1250 was all you owed. What's this extra 75 Just here? in case there's any question about, you know, any, any tax sides, <laughs> I figured I'd always be on the good side of, of uh, of the large field payout. <laughs> incredible, incredible. So how many BBM3s do you have left? Are you maxed? I have, um, let me let me make sure I give you an accurate quote here. I have for underdog nine left, which you nine. are going to be one of my last, if not the last guest streams I do on my channel. Um, yeah, let's plug that. When did we book that for? Thursday? Thursday. Or We're doing that this Thursday at 11 or one i need one, to, i need to check one, back on that one. time yeah yeah one one p.m so we'll be doing that over on liam's channel we'll make sure to uh could be my last little. stream ever you know never know with my channel <laughs> <laughs> you never know i'm as surprised as you are when i launch a stream so how are you how are you feeling about are you just in you know happy to be here mode you know i you've done the math you've crunched the numbers you know how hard it's going to be to win this again much less even get back to the finals so uh what, what what's the mindset heading into this uh this you know massive slate we have this year definitely excitement i mean again like i think you got to be an optimist if you're playing some of these contests and you know, I'm playing some high stake stake stuff where definitely uh, putting some skin into the game um, across different platforms and have a large volume of drafts to finish off. I just ordered a new monitor, um, so I'm going to be able to like multi-table mm. like the contests that look like they're going to overlay. I don't need to worry about that for underdog. I'm on a good pace there. Obviously, with underdog. You know, like I look at some of my teams, I think they're really good. It's, I mean, you just look at the numbers and it's like, damn, it's tough to make that finals. But I mean, you say that, but then like you, you mentioned your stream with Eric, like that's a legendary stream. You guys put a top 10 team on stream. And like, like, I mean, we look at Justin Herzig, it's clearly not a blip where, okay, he won one year, but he had like a team that was like, I don't know, top five in the DK. Yeah. Again, you know, so 
I don't know. We'll be an optimist until all my teams are dead uh, is how I feel. What everyone in the chat is is asking for your exposures. Have you been very shady or, or close to the vest on not revealing these? What's going on? There? I haven't revealed them. Um, you know, part of that content play, you know, like reveal them when uh, I guess I guess now, right? Like September. I'll, re I'll reveal them in September. Um, it's not a perfect um, snapshot, obviously, because I've done guest streams and also, um, you know, it's different platforms, but. I don't know, man. I'm excited to talk to you about some of the strategy about best ball this year because part of me feels like I'm a worse drafter as you get. Like my my brain is mush at this point, just like the volume of drafts you we've all done. Um, part of me thinks I get sharper at this time. I, I definitely know I had some good semifinals teams that came around this time of year last year, but excited to jump into your pulse on the best ball landscape. Well, yeah. I mean, one of my favorite things about doing these streams with guests is it kind of breaks you out of cruise control mode, right? Because we all have the certain things we like to do in drafts, the things that feel comfy. And whether I'm drafting with Spags or last week with Eric, it's like there's always a moment in the draft where I was just going to my crutch or I was going to the thing I always do. And you kind of get pulled out of that. And so that's one of my favorite things about this. But real quick to circle back, let's do it. Let's do a tease. Let me give me a range. Like, can I pick a number between six and 10 and you tell me what your exposure is for like the seventh highest exposure player? We, hey, let's reveal let's reveal them now, you know? Like why not? The part of the reason I'm so tight to the vest with exposures too is obviously I don't give a fuck about um a best ball mania field or a DK millimaker field like yeah. it's just such so large that I don't care about the 400 people who watch my videos, but something like the DraftKings 555, I've just noted like, you know, of my 2000 followers, probably most people that play that contest follow me. And whether or not about to that crowd, because the way those really high stakes contests work is you'll see a condensed exposure, a bunch, you know, about a bunch of people. And like one person is going to have like four finals teams. Like that's, that's what happened last year. And so I don't right. know. That's how I feel about it. And I'm, and well, I'm making no money from YouTube. So like, well, what what else do I have to win by sharing my exposures? Are you are you like Spags who was champing at the bit to get Splash Blade to a thousand subs so you could just get that sweet sweet ad revenue rolling in, roll people their Viagra ads right when you're about to hop in a draft? Is that is that your long game here? That uh, I wanted to do that just because it's like a short term attainable goal, um, yeah. but. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I definitely felt some burnout from drafts and streams, um, which you know I'm sure to you is like okay, rookie, um, with the amount of volume you do. But you know, like we don't have the vision yet. We have no sponsors, so my YouTube's a my YouTube is what it is. You know, it, it's me firing off the hip, and we'll see. We'll see what lands. All right, I just dropped Liam's. Uh, you know, I did this for our splash play account. I know it would bring a tear to Spags' eye to get to 1K. Liam's sitting at 142, so we're at what? 158 more we need to 1K. I bet we can easily get that to 900 tonight, and then the rest will be on him. So uh, subscribe to Liam's channel Build here. Build a stronger but you, branch in, here. <laughs> in exchange, though, you, you do need to release a couple exposures. All right, I got my uh, – I'm, I'm looking at my exposures. Who do you? What do you want here? 
I want to know, I want to know your second highest running back exposure. It, there's two players tied, and one of them I feel good about, and one of them I feel sheepish to share. <laughs> wait, wait, let me let me uh, filter this for the best ball mania three. Okay, only. okay, all right. My second highest running back exposure is Naheem Hines. With yeah, the logic is, I mean, he used to be able to get him in like the one seventies, the one eighties, yeah. the one nineties. I've been on him the whole time. I think something else that it's like shown true in best ball is. The news blip about Naheem Hines being part of the offense was like er very early, very early in the offseason. I already liked him more because I just thought Carson Wentz was very bad for check down running backs. And like we saw Hines smash with Rivers. I drafted a lot of Hines last year. That didn't work out. I think Hines with Matt Ryan is like a perfect pairing. Questionable, questionable uh, pass game competition between Alec Pierce and Campbell and Lally Cox, where it's like you could see Hines being the two on some weeks. Um, runs like a 42740, like freak, right? And so never ever is going to be Rashad Penny, but I could definitely see giving you three to four, I don't know, 20 point weeks on a good on a good season, you know. Um, and pretty, pretty solid floor. And and he used to be really cheap. And so I've I've cooled off taking him as he's like climbed to the 12th, but I had a lot earlier in the off season. Yeah. It, it was, it was so funny how that worked, right? Because people in general don't love those pass catching backs. We've seen JD McKissick be cheap all off season and Naheem Hines was there too. He was sliding. Like you said, 160, 170. And then there's one report from Frank Reich. They're like, yeah, we're going to use him more as a pass catcher. We're going to split about wide. And then everyone's like, all right, I guess I got to draft about 130. It was like, I don't think anything changed. That was always well within his skill set. I think the thing too, I, and I like Hines. I think he's probably in my top ten running backs as well. I'd have to four, four three eight forty. I'm I'm sorry, boots in the chat there. Four, oh three, yeah, <laughs> God, how dare you shave a tenth of a second off of uh, his forty? Um, you know the thing I was talking about with Hines too is I do think yeah his contingent value is maybe a little suspect in that. If Jonathan Taylor got hurt, I'm pretty sure we'd see Philip Lindsay getting, you know, 10 plus carries a game. But yeah, he's an exciting guy that gives you that pass catching plus a little juice, like you said. I mean, the man does backflips in the end zone after he scores. Yeah, like a little bit of film take there. Like I have vivid memories of like the check downs to him and him housing at 34. And it's interesting because I'm totally out on McKissick. Strictly, it's a Carson Wentz thing. And you know, like I, tr I get, I try to get like in the heads of these, of these players. Like quarterbacks are weirdos, right? <laughs> and you know, it, it's thin. I'm not going to walk me through what do you, what do you, what's it like? Do you put on an eye mask? Do you, I do lay in kind of a hyperbaric chamber. How do you get inside the mind of Matt? You know, Ryan? like if you're, if you're trying to think, Hey, I'm Aaron Rodgers," and your option is smoking <laughs> weed or not smoking weed. Yeah. You know what choice you're taking there to get in the head of Aaron Rodgers and what wide receivers to target. Um, there you go. Let's let's do another exposure. People, what's the Gabe Davis? Give us the Gabe Davis number this year. By the way, did you notice this jersey I got on? I do just notice it now that you pointed out. This is actually a Stevie Johnson jersey. Oh, rug again. Fake, deep fake. Rug again. Uh, Gabe Davis, this would be higher if I didn't have guest streams. It's at 39%. And you say it'd be higher if you didn't have guest streams. Because I would have taken more 
in those June drafts when he was going in the sixth round. Yeah. Um, and part of it's, I don't know, man. It's just like you think about who's going to score touchdowns. Gabe Davis comes top of mind. It's kind of a brand play at this point. And it's weird because I like Steph Diggs too, but you could totally see Steph Diggs cooling off. And it's just wanting a piece of the Bills offense. Um, bit of a homer, bit of a sharp play, you could say. So I, I have no problem. I mean, Gabe Davis is a smash. Anyone who doesn't like Gabe Davis uh, in Best Ball Mania 3 hasn't looked at the the rule structure, as I said to Eric 5-4 last week. Here's the question I have for you. Give me the, what's the take on Singletary versus James Cook? They're ADP twins. I find myself almost splitting it down the line. What Are you on Team Singletary, Team Cook, Team Smooth Out the Exposures? What's the, the boots on the ground homer take here? I'm a bit smooth. I'm at 17.7% Cook and 15% Singletary. Um, mm -hmm. And I see equal cases for both. I mean, to me, Cook is the guy who you look at and he's like, a very small miss, like he's Naheem Himes at floor, but at ceiling, he could be whatever, Camara-esque. And I think there is some smoke to the Bills running more to tight end. And like, I could just see them flexing Cook into the slot late in the play, um, like and taking the slot wide receiver off the field. It's part of the reason I wasn't on Crowder early. Um, and Singletary is just like, they stick with him as a runner. Maybe Zach Moss gets cut. Maybe he gets traded. Maybe he's not as much of a thing as people have been saying. Um, and I just think the Bills against, like the Bills could beat up on the Bengals. Like it, it could be a shootout, but they could beat up on them. And it's a, you know, later in the season, um, their O-line, like their O-line did not fit what they wanted to do last year to run the ball. Like they had Darrell Williams, who was a very solid guy, but he's not athletic. And they want guards that can like pull and block at the second level. And now they, they have those pieces if their O-line's healthy. So I like Singletary. I like Cook. Um, but if I had to choose one, I would choose Cook. Yeah, that's fair. And then what what is your read on this Zach Moss situation? He's had a very good camp. Then there were rumors that they're maybe trying to showcase him for a trade. Do you think he has a role here? Is this a non-factor? Because we've seen what the Zach Moss experience is. And it's generally like, hey, if there's, you know, 90 mile per hour wind gusts, we'll use him against the Patriots. But otherwise, we don't have much use for him. Yeah, you know, it's weird where I think a lot of times in the NFL, like we just don't get as much information as we think we get. Where two years ago, if you think about Singletary, he kind of went through some injuries. And that's why he was so cheap last year, because he was coming off injury and he didn't produce. I think some of that could be safe for, said for Zach Moss, where... He was more injured than we knew as the public last year. Um, I knew there was like some, you know, murmurs of surgeries and whatnot. And so part of me wants to say, hey, he's a talented pick. He has two years on his contract. The Bills want to keep him at least as like, let Singletary walk next year. Then you have Moss and Cook. Part of me says some teams use the preseason to showcase guys they want to trade. <laughs> you know, like right. maybe they're trying to recruit whatever they can get from Moss. Um I'm inclined to believe they're going to hold on to him. He's a really solid third running back, and he could get some goal line work. Like, I don't think he is a piece you need to draft because he could score whatever something absurd. He could score like absurd ten touchdowns, and 
never be a piece you need because he also has like 20 yards in those games. Have you, you seen know, the running backs I draft, Liam? He would definitely be a piece I'd need if he has 10 touchdowns in my zero RB builds. <laughs> well, if he's like giving you the point yeah. is if he's only ever giving you eight and never 20, yeah. like like yeah. he's like skip, you know. But I've drafted him a couple times. He's a fine late dart, like a ton. Like, I mean, because if Cook and Singletary goes down and he's there, like obviously he's a smash. And you could say that about any running back attached to a good offense. All right, let's do one more exposure before we hop in the draft. The conspiracy theories are already flying. Looks like Pete is setting up to enter the draft before letting the chat know. Alpha move. I don't know. We'll keep you guys on your toes. But Willis, I do famously have 0% David Montgomery. I am kind of a smoothed out exposure bro in general, but somehow I have 0% David Montgomery. We want to know uh, how off my rocker am I? Is, is Liam over or underweight the field here? I'm underweight the field. Um, and... Several of these came on the guest streams, but I'm at 7%. I'm at 7% Montgomery. Um, I don't know, like Montgomery and Jacobs and like these two guys, Elijah Mitchell in some cases, like the guys who are like free falling somewhat. I think you should mix them in. Yeah. Because they're never, ever giving you the legendary season. They're almost never giving you that 25, 30 point week. You need week 17 either. But they're giving you those 17 points, 15 points a lot, maybe. I mean, may, maybe it is uh, more of a timeshare for Montgomery. And obviously, like, the recent news is, like, negative at times. Um, but I, I'm i okay with the full fade on Montgomery. If you're like, this guy's never going to bury me, I agree with you. You're so low on Eckler. I'm surprised by that. I mean, for early in the offseason, I was drafting digs there every time. <laughs> at the six. Yeah. Wait, what's the what's the red number and what's the blue number? The red is my exposure. The blue is the a, a target exposure, a basket that has like Herzig, it has Karain, it has me. It's just kind of a, a sanity check uh, on on some of these guys. You know how I'm. I like to tack thin edges. It's kind of why I was in on Penny and um, Car- uh, Chris Carson last year because they were playing the Lions. Um, yeah. Eckler plays the Rams and last year targeting the Rams with pass catching running backs was like the nuts in, in yeah. Kings. I remember I, and Eckler is like arguably the nuts at pass catching. Not yeah, that that's you know, going to carry over. It's thin, you know? Well, too bad. Uh, we won't be able to get Eckler here because we drew a top five pick. So my Eckler exposure will have to uh, live to see another day. I definitely, that is definitely my one in the first round that spooks me. I'm fine with being low on Henry and fine being low on Najee. The the Eckler one is definitely the one that feels like it could burn me. I'm similar to you with I have way more chase over Jefferson, and it's not just because that's how ADP sorts out. Yeah. Um, you know, like it feels like the market has decided Jefferson is a better pick than Chase. And I'm not I'm not there, you know, like Jamar Chase to me could be the best wide receiver in football. And, you know, like when we all look back on it, I'm with you. I like that take where it's like the market has decided they like Justin Jefferson over Cooper cup. And we're over here being like, Hey, we might actually prefer (laughs) uh, Jamar Chase over Jefferson. I'm kind of, I've had them just interchangeable for me all season. And because I've had way more fives, um, I've just ended up with way more chase, but I go, I go cup here. Yeah. I do, too. but like it, cup chase, it doesn't matter to me. 
Cup to me is like, I don't know. What what do you see as his floor season if Matt Stafford's healthy? Like total I mean, points his, scored. His floor, he scored 367 I mean, last year, we just saw. Yeah, I don't I, I'm not good with the points ranges, but I mean his floor is like a top five. <laughs> why, why like three hundred points, like healthy. like something yeah. absurd, right? Like yeah. and and when we take cup, I like to stress my builds and pretend he pretty much is last year. And of with course. that in mind, like we're counting on him to be a wide receiver for us. So like max seven, sometimes even six if we're getting weird with our build. Yeah. What was your what's your takeaway mm-hmm. for how different the draft landscape is this year i've been i've been on record saying i think it's a lot sharper this year than in years past where like you know like last year i had big fades i don't have as many big fades in the first round because i think the first round is right you know like there wasn't zeke there wasn't camara guys i had like big questions about at the top of the rounds like i love all these dudes at the top of the draft and like the top six picks because i i include eckler i understand i understand if you don't uh, but what's your take on like the current draft landscape? And then I want to hear your take about your bind four team that you guys did last year. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I think the draft landscape is sharp. I think even last year, you know, everyone pretty widely agrees that the ADP on underdog is pretty efficient for the most part, as far as projecting season long median points, like the, the, it doesn't get any better than it does on underdog. There's obviously stuff you can exploit, but the thing I've even noticed the field getting better at this year is just structural drafting, right? Because the ADP can be good and people can still mess up structures. And obviously we're in our bubbles in the discords and, you know, uh, Deposit Kingdom, Spike Week, ETR. And these guys, like when I see these rosters, like people draft really fucking good teams. And when I look through the boards too, I'm seeing three, four, five teams that I'm like, any of these teams could advance out of this group yeah, because agreed. the players – you don't even, you have the safety net of the ADP and then the structures are good. And so then to me, I've just been thinking, how much more do I need to push outside of my comfort zone with getting unique? I've been really trying to prioritize specifically in the later rounds, taking guys who are drafted in sub 10% of drafts, just really kind of fully embracing the DFS mindset to what's going on here because good structure is now table stakes in BBM three, as far as I'm concerned. That's how I felt last year. Even like, I know a lot of people were team like, Oh, just structure will get you there. And I mean, like Jeff Wilson was a guy I had on a lot of my teams and he, he did matter in the playoffs, right? Like he, he gave me usable weeks in week 15 to 16. And I drafted him knowing he was injured because I knew he would be like almost low owned for a large portion of the draft season. Um, right. So let's let's see what we do here. I mean, this is a range where we need to like really decide are we going are we grabbing Jones or Javante or Fournette or are we going Personally, I go I go uh AJ Brown then Evans then Hill. I'm 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 the same way. I think I'm AJB uh hill higgins evans is how i have the order for me it's like yeah it's all really close yeah Um, so i'm okay with and i would grab andrews too but i'm really okay with like i'm cool with an aj brown if let's just let's just let's make this zero let's let's just have some fun (laughs) yeah let's have some fun and i was thinking about earlier today and part of me thinks that the zero rb teams you build earlier in the offseason 
are stronger because then those are the teams you have the Damian Pearson, yeah, etc. But you you guys built that team really late in the offseason. Is that is that right? Yeah, it was uh it was last Wednesday or Tuesday when we recorded. I think it was the 24th or something. Pretty late. That's what I'm saying. Like you guys built that very late. Um well, and it goes back to that thing, right? I mean, it's the entire push-pull of early versus late. Uh, because late, you're dialing in on better zero running back candidates. You know, like, it's... It, and, I mean, you could take a guy like Eno Benjamin. He's the perfect example. Some of us were drafting him as an 18th-round flyer early on, and it was wish-casting and hoping. And now we have pretty good confirmation that he's the number two back there, and now his ADP is moving up. And so it's like... Do, do the, you feel good about your narrow pool of late uh rb targets i'm not that narrow i am very heavy on you know though and by for me very heavy is like double the field and he's not getting drafted or he wasn't getting i'm drafted. not a i you know this i think this draft landscape's different and i think it's going to be like that some years where i don't have as many big stands as i did last year maybe that's yeah. like partially just like i got a lot of players 2x the field but like i don't have a 60 percent player um, yeah what do you think about this mark andrews slide here I mean, I would I would grab him here if he gave make it to us. Like, yeah. I love it. I, you know, and Pitts is a guy I don't have as much as I want, and it feels like everyone uh, who's sharp on Twitter is really into the Pitts train. I I mean, I don't know if I'm one of the really sharp ones, but man, am I into the Pitts train? <laughs> I mean, we all um, we all are, right? And like, I yeah. like the Week 17 matchup. Um, wow let's grab andrews right that's an easy i mean so the only other consideration here is just because of where these guys, i don't think this is probably that unique of a start right because a lot of people will flip these they'll draft andrews in the yeah, second let's, and they let's get, get unique the next two rounds because yeah. i'm with you where i wanted to like i wanted to say a, i wanted to go off the board at one of our picks here kind of a la the draft you did last year yeah where it's like unquestionably unique but uh, or Eve, like smart to get off the board a little bit, but I don't know, man. I just have such conviction in our first three guys. Yeah, it is like, it does sting a little bit when you do the, uh, I'm trying to think if there, there wasn't even really anything we could have done. I guess, would you say cup Tyreek Hill Andrews is probably a pretty, like, like let's say we take like Gabe Davis or someone else I like there. Yeah. The problem is those dudes used to be like sixth round picks. Exactly. Yeah. You, you know, it's like, Okay, so we're you know we just need to look at it as we're competing against this month's teams basically because the winners either drafted this month or it's drafted in May or it's drafted in June or it's drafted in July whatever and like I think of the whole draft landscape like month by month like that and so yeah. don't let's not stress those teams in June May whatever let's try to be, build the best August team and hope that that's the winner. That's what I. Uh... I was, I did a show the other day too. And I was like, I know it sounds like a, a simple point and we all come into these drafts with, yeah, I, I love doing fucking zero RB two, seven, seven, two drafts. I love those. They're so fun. And I love fucking getting Kyle Pitts in the third round. Those are all things I love to do, but I also just want to draft the best possible team for the specific room I'm in. And a lot of the times that changes. We've been feeling that on shift chasing this season too. People want us to draft. They just want us to piss yellow, rip eight straight wide receivers. We're like, 
The draft landscape has changed. Other people want to do that too. And the reason we started doing that is because the wide receiver was the best pick at every single one of those spots. That's not the case now because people are starting to value wide receivers where they should have been valued all along. That's the tough thing about attaching your brand to a sharp strategy early is the field is not sharp and they don't understand that you might adjust and be like, hold up, this isn't so good. Like I can't, I can't only do this one strategy anymore because no longer are 36 running backs taken in the first three rounds. You know, like if the field is now going elite wide receiver and then running, you know, like you're just getting pointed at one position a little too much, you know, like if you're, if you're donating points everywhere. I mean, look um, at this. I mean, we're, we're at pick 39, and there's been one running back pick since pick 24. I mean, the, the, the dead zone is real, and drafters are aware of it, and they sidestep it. How, how do you feel about, I like to call it some fear-based drafting, where it's like any guy who's had any bit of recent negative news is like free-falling multiple rounds. Yeah. Like, like Brees Hall, um, Traylon Burks a little bit. Like the, him scoring that preseason touchdown maybe didn't a little bit um i don't know like i i'm prone to stick to my priors a bit but it's uh it's, it's i a think tough... that's one of the only other exploitable things right is reacting to people overreacting to specific news-based events that shouldn't probably and i found that happened to myself this today i I almost passed on Cam Akers at pick 80 and Spags I've had to be so, like, hey. I, hey, me too. I like it. Yeah. Part of it's being smart, right? I think yeah. we should take Marquise Brown. I really like I'm Marquise with you. Brown this year. I'm, I am definitely on board with that. He's like one of my hot, like on going into the season, I remember very early on, I was like, I think it goes Marquise Brown for me and then Gabe Davis, right? Mm -hmm. next, But right next to each other in the rankings where they're two dudes who should score a lot of touchdowns on high volume offenses um yeah so like like marquise brown versus Allen robinson marquise brown is unquestionably a safer pick to me that also has a higher ceiling like Allen robinson could do it for sure he could do it he could score 240 points whatever but marquise brown like i have no question in his ceiling i think he's in a better situation than last year um hopkins could be slowing down you know like we're yeah and i i like what eric b said here it's so easy to overact agreed man like i took like damian pierce like where are you at on him i've i've taken him in some of my higher stakes leagues just because i didn't have him in some of these yeah. ppr sites well it again part of the overreacting right is it's fun we you feel like you have this edge right you're there it even goes back to how we were wired when we initially played and you're like scouring for news sources and you get the backup running back whose role and you pick them up on the waiver wire like we still all like to think that we have an information edge but what's happening is stuff gets double counted so so much yeah. that it's like the adp starts falling they're like no i'm gonna fade him harder than you are i read a different article than you did and now we're really gonna fade him and i do think some of these free falls are are pretty crazy and like you said the damien stuff i have not been drafting him i have a decent amount you know back when he was in the 130s in that range with rashad white and stuff um I, obviously i wish i split it more and i wasn't so heavy on white and spiller in that same range but Man, I I think it's and that's just way like a rich, yeah. That's like partially a lesson, lesson, but it's also partially like whatever. Let uh, let's make our pick here. I want to hear your thoughts. So, here. this is kind of a choose your own adventure spot. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm cool with Herbert Mahomes or Brees Hall or did Godwin go? Let's see. Godwin. I think we should take go. Waller. I think we should take Waller because I think he's actually holding out for contract stuff and not. You want to double up bully tight end? Unless you like Brees. No. Like, well, I like, always. I want. I would rather have the the. I always take Brees clearly, so I'd rather have the Liam bully experience. And the only reason I was just pushing I like us bully. away from the QBs is because we have you know, outs to Hertz and, and Kyler as well. Yeah. Kyler is a guy who I really feel the casual crowd is down on. Like I didn't, yeah. I wasn't, I didn't know that going in, but I feel that by looking at DraftKings and seeing that like I'm getting Kyler in these high stakes DraftKings drafts, like routinely at the end of the six, like the market has just decided Hertz, big gap, Kyler. And that doesn't make any sense at all to me where it's like Kyler's a guy who almost broke fantasy football a couple of years if he didn't get injured, you know? Yeah. And people, it's almost funny too that I, well, you, you also had a few instigating events. I mean, Matthew Barry came out on national television and he's literally the poster boy for the road world draft guide and, and Matthew Barry's love hate stuff this year. And so there is more of a national fantasy consensus that's really come around on Jalen Hurts. And I think rightfully so. But like you said, if you're making me choose between Hurts versus Kyler Murray, I mean, we were hoping that Hurts can put together what Kyler's already done for stretches. Yeah, like earlier in the offseason, people just weren't sure. It was basically like, would Hurts get benched? You know? And now the market's just been like, okay, that's not happening. And I was getting all my Hurts then. And I loved Hertz, but now it's like, okay, you're going to give me Kyler who, what is the ding against him? Like the ding to me is that he's called plays better than his coach and his coach is a weirdo. Like Cliff is just a bad play caller or whatever. Yeah. Um, but Kyler's like, like electric. No. I think it's I think it's a cocktail of things with Kyler, right? Some people referencing the the video game bullshit. It was yeah, like the, like what the no, hell is that? And, and I'm not even saying it's just that, but then it was like you know he had the you know contract stuff earlier and scrubbing his Instagram, and then you know he had such a fast start to the season, and, and he's like worked. a little shorter than you would he's like little, think of like yeah. whatever some Chad, you know, and uh, yeah, I do think they're they're at an interesting crossroads this year and it it is so frustrating that it really does seem like creative play calling is what is holding them back when the whole fucking point of cliff kingsbury was to bring the most radical creative play calling to the league and then he has the most vanilla offense it's like how the hell did we get here yeah like i'm reading like the, your comment says like every cliche he can't see over his own lot like come on now um but i mean and I think Marquise oh, you can call Brown, them idiots. I call them idiots all the time, Liam. I think Marquise Brown could unlock Kyle, like could be unlocked by Kyler, where well, Kyler's like throwing ability much better fits Marquise than uh, Lamar. Well, the thing about Marquise that I like, and uh, and there he does go uh, to the Kyle Pitts team. That sucks losing out. We we talked too much about this. Is we did the hey, no, you know, no, but just we, talking about, the about our teams, we built in late stats. We built we in. Uh, like Carr is a tail end for me, and Stafford also is a guy who took a two round dive on that elbow news. Um, this is a really tough pit, uh, place to be in the drafts. It's I like, will say it, though, I feel like the the quarterbacks have definitely pushed down a couple wide receivers that I'm still very excited about here. Yeah, I would go with 
anyone Hopkins plus. Like if you had conviction of this group, like Thielen is old. Moore is maybe the best. Ayuk maybe has the highest spike week. London, I have a lot of because I mean he looks so good in that preseason game. I Ayuk is the guy I'm trying to boost my exposure to a let's little bit here. Let's do Ayuk. And I was, we could also but to, like let's skip Trey Lance at cost and see if there's Jimmy Fudd because he went in like the 90s in a recent draft I did today. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to him going in like the ninth round either. Yeah. The, um, you know, Ayuk too, partly, I, I, I mentioned this earlier today too. I was hammering Debo early and I, you know, I, I think you got to be careful with some of the training camp stuff, but it does really seem like Ayuk is just on a different level than he was last year when he started out the season in the doghouse, basically not even playing week one. And I, I do really think that it could be a little bit more spread out this year in a way where the Debo Ayuk ADPs shouldn't be quite as big as they are. And I'm just trying to balance out my, my early Debo heaviness now with some more Ayuk. I'm doing the same thing because I talked about quarterbacks being weirdo. Coaches can be that way too, where it's like Kyle Shanahan effectively either A, didn't play Brandon Ayuk because he thought he could like get the best out of him by benching him last year at expense of winning games. Like he did not put his best product on the field by benching Ayuk. I I'm like, I believe that. And mm-hmm. and I believe Kyle Shanahan knows that. But like, you know, sometimes people as motivators, they think they can motivate the best out of you. And so, but I'm with you. Like I want a lot of Debo too, because like who sees what Debo, like Debo being a second round pick is not something that would happen in, in fantasy football years past after the season he just had. Right. Um, And it's, he's kind of, he's the lighter version of Cooper cup, right? Where it's like, he can regress and still pay off that ADP and still give us a couple spike weeks when it really matters. And I mean, are we really asking for much more than that? And, and like, I really like drafting what I call powerful wide receivers. Like AJ Brown is a powerful wide receiver. Ayuk is too. Just is guys who version can like, of a grown ass man or a guy. Who yeah, basically. Yeah. Just him. a guy who can like shrug <laughs> a court, but like real football talk, a guy who could shrug a corner off and it's like, mm-hmm. good luck. Uh, good luck getting this guy. God damn it. Uh, I mean, I don't think snipe. we should have taken I, like Lance here. I, I would have, I would have pushed to taken him there, but I get, I get what you're saying. Um, I mean, I've been Devonta's clearly the guy I normally take in this range, but I want the I, I want like the Kirk experience. over Devonta because I think Kirk is like unquestionably the one on his team, and Devonta. Well, now that Visca's gone for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the Visca. <laughs> Anyone else other than Kirk you would want here? If you wanted to go Damian Pierce, we will not get a chance at him either. If you don't think I do not uh, want to go Damian, because like the question is, is Kirk worth this pick? Maybe, maybe not. Um, it's been like to me why I usually go Kirk over Smith there is again like Smith's got legit target competition of which we have one. Uh, Kirk does not really. Yeah, I think Devonta is just a better player. Um, but agreed and, with you that. know not having hurts there. I, I'm not I'm not opposed to that. And again, clearly I take Devonta Smith a good amount of the time. And hang on, we have breaking news, guys. Joe says all of our takes mean nothing if the coach prefers to play someone else. I thought 
by talking on these streams, Liam, we could manifest into existence what we wanted to happen on the football field. Is that not how this works? I mean, I'm a big vibe guy, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like if any tea leaves leads me to draft a player, like if someone was to mention the name, whatever, you know, like. Adam to me at breakfast. I'm taking Adam Thielen. You know, like that's a that's sign. How, that's, that's a sign. If my server's name is Adam, I'm drafting Adam Thielen. You know, dude, you gotta I get some vibes in these large field GPPs. How good would it have been if you spun up like a best ball masterclass course, draft with the winner of BBM2, learn all the secrets, and you're like, all right, guys, here's the deal. If you hear a word and it actually maps with a player in the player pool. You draft that player. And these guys are like, I'm going to need my fucking money back, dude. <laughs> I mean, I joke, but like when I'm like coin flipping players, I often ask my girlfriend, like I just name two players and she always <laughs> chooses the fun name. You know, like Mo Ali Cox has never lost in that, in that type of poll. But, uh, is you know, this like, the, are you dating the girl from the, date night when you were posting photos of you yes uh, yes this is from the croc date night the croc date night led to a long-term relationship I, yeah i, I mean, think we were already dating at that point honestly okay oh, okay i didn't know if that was a first date for some reason it was not a first okay. date night i think i was okay. just flexing the ring because i thought it was funny that night yeah deep deep twitter cut right there yeah very very deep twitter cut yeah i, I, I like nice that we took kirk there though because this this like eighth round is where a wide receiver kind of goes goodbye. Yeah. And I wouldn't hate if we do five straight running backs right now. Um, yeah. And just, you know, like even if Tony or Renfro makes it back to us, just saying we've made our bet, we've laid our bed with our wide receivers. We laid our bed with our tight ends. If, if a quarterback fits, like maybe we detour for car. Um, yeah, we could do that, but there's like running backs that could do it in this range. For sure. For sure. I'm, I'm always willing to push it at, uh, at wide receiver, but I agree with you that there's some nice guys to, uh, to anchor us here with our first running back off the board at pick 92. I mean, would you, I, I rarely take Renfro in this situation where we don't have a quarterback. I mean, I don't even like Renfro for this build, but would you ever, try to get the double stack there just knowing there aren't a lot of other good i don't know i feel like recently i've been jamming like four straight running backs like i feel like gibson is probably a guy we need to take on the brian robinson news where yeah you know i'm hoping brian robinson comes back fully healthy we all do i have a lot of brian robinson and most importantly the guy got shot and we hope that he's healthy just you know being good people but um Gibson never really made sense why he got so cheap. And now I don't know. Like that was the craziest headline I've ever read in the NFL. Yeah. I think the the one take, and I think we were talking about this with Spags earlier on Splash Play was like, can we really because I wasn't out on Gibson from a best ball standpoint even with all this stuff, I was like, he's going to have his couple spike weeks, like him as a run yeah. kind of change. My question is, can we actually project more volume onto him with Robinson out? Or is the team just done with him from like a, a heavier load standpoint? You know, if it's not Gibson, like, it's Curtis Samuel, right? Like, right. Yeah. 
you know, because like it has to be, it's not McKissick getting a ton of carries. And I don't know. It's just like, is Gibson good at football? I would say yes. And I, you know, like floor Washington is winning seven games. If like their defense is fine. I feel yeah, like, and they're pushing for the playoffs in the, in a weaker NFC. Um, like he's a guy who, who just gives us enough glue that we can adv- like we're pointing the we're we're planning to like point the room at wide receiver, and he's just giving us those 12, 10, 4, like we're trying to absorb all the Gibson points for and really the next four running backs we're trying to do that with. Would you have taken Gibson over Penny if Penny fell? I would have taken Penny. Okay, I was gonna say. Um, just I mean, just because Penny won me a mill, he plays the Jets, and you don't do what Penny did last year and not be good at football yeah penny is very good um man we're coming to to our our, our bills <laughs> our bills ready back choice and it's like i don't know this build almost asked for singletary a little more but i'm just more do you what's your lean on it well you can see my lean is i've been taking singletary a little bit more but i I'm with you. The range of on like real zero. We're going to take James Cook here as we bleed the clock as like Dak too is like a guy who um, is interesting there. The range, the range of outcomes on James Cook, as you said earlier, is extremely wide and. But like floor, like Naheem Himes, right? Like, like he's not, he's never a zero. And if that thesis is true, and I, I think Devin Singletary is really good. I think he's underrated. But when he's really smashed is when he's had the entire backfield to himself. And if our thesis is that James Cook is going to have that floor and is going to be somewhat of a fly in the ointment no matter what, then it's like, wouldn't you rather play it through that? And if he is Alvin Kamara light, then you're really catching the high end outcomes. Whereas even if he's not great, but he's serviceable, he's still eating into Singletary's pass catching work. Yeah. And the the biggest question to me is, you know, like a lot of sharp, whatever, college analysts, they talk about the weight of the prospects. And it's like, does, I mean, James Cook is, I think, 5'11". Like, can he add 15 pounds in the NFL? Like if, I mean, he, now he comes from Georgia. Like he comes from a blue blood program where he probably was in the weight room. But I don't know, like if he adds a couple, like if he added 10 pounds, he's like Alvin Kamara on paper, kind of. Um, and... I mean, the the organization was done with Singletary two years ago when he was injured. I think Singletary's very good at running the football. We know he's a terrible pass catcher. And the way Cook gets there is either if they do these two tight end stuffs, he's just like quasi-slot wide receiver. He could have a goal line role, surprisingly. And to me, he just makes the Bills offense like way more scary. You know, like I think Singletary's good, but like, Cook could make the Bills terrifying. And also, if this Zach Moss stuff is all smoke and mirrors, I mean, this this offense and this backfield can completely support James Cook and Singletary outperforming their ADPs, if it's just the two of them, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, I mean, I don't like Singletary as much for managed because I generally don't want to be betting against a Josh Allen passing game not only because it's like the Bills are good at passing the ball, but also because Josh Allen can be that running back. 
for power options. So he's like a yeah. scary running back to bet against that for manage. But for best ball, it's, it's whatever. Yeah, although I do think with those, I do really think with the high-powered offenses, the top five offenses, it's kind of like a rising tide lifts all boats. We saw it with both yeah, the right. Chiefs and the Bills. You know, McKinnon, I mean, McKinnon was the kind of the pass-catching back, but just because he was on the field so much and they were scoring, he was, you know, putting up, what was it, 18, 19 points a game through that stretch. I'm just trying to draw the distinction between the Chiefs and the Bills where the Chiefs some weeks will want a guy to salt the game, and some weeks for the Bills that is Josh Allen salting the games. Just yeah. like he's the he's that guy who, who like, whatever. He's adding six points on the ground, and you're like, damn, damn, really would have liked Patterson. Look so, at this sweet spot for quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's here. We're taking one of these three quarterbacks, Dak. There's plenty of options late. Yep. Prefer him most in a, you know, in a straight up sense. Um, but, and then it probably goes Stafford and then Carr. But um, really, if you, I mean, I can see, I can see your exposures. Okay. So Carr so, went. So that kind of makes uh, it easy. That's for us. fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dak shouldn't be available at pick 117. What's going on here? No, he shouldn't. And wow. So do you so talk this through the the big ADP value or the stack with Cup? I mean, when you take Cup, you're kind of counting on Stafford to be that guy. But at, in the same sense, Cup can get score two touchdowns, and Stafford only scored twenty points. Where mm -hmm. Dak gives you more on the ground. So honestly, I don't care between the two. And Dak has a lot of late options. Yeah, let's uh let's play it through Dak. I mean, I think that immediately makes this team pretty uh unique here and with how many quarterbacks are sliding um i don't know maybe maybe stafford continues to slide to us yeah and i would love that pairing too um i dropped a little in the private chat of a guy i like now mm -hmm. i mean dak to me should like i it makes no sense why this has been happening to dak like it, i guess it's his tackle going down are people overreacting to that I'm not sure. I it, it has to be that. That was the big news items. That's the only thing that could be a catalyst for it's that. It's like that plus maybe all these like pass catchers that people are trying to like force in their minds. Like maybe they just don't do it. Hang on. I am off my game here with this night stream. There we go. Well, I, I wanted to ask you, are you doing no ASMR pours for the late night crowd? I know. There's no, there's no beer over ice or anything. I've uh man, my, my house is uh is a mess right now. I don't know where anything is. You don't got so, the yes, Keurig set up. We could get the 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 beverage props going for tonight's stream. I'm sprinting for a beer after our next pick here. Go for it. If uh, there's one thing I can do, it's corral the chat by myself. Oh, I hey, and I like this like Tron setup you got for this uh, background. Well, I had done a couple of these and where. I did. I re, I pre-recorded them, and so I could more talk through spots in a normal room. And I even invited you to do one of them for just the VIPs on my channel. And if you guys are YouTube members, there are a few of those in the archives just available to you guys. But I was like, I'm not doing the breakfast thing. We're we're pulling out the late night, getting the Tron, enter the matrix. And you know who's here. on his late night energy? You knew who to invite. I you, did. Yeah, you were. You were. You said you were going to be too drunk and to even come over here. I thought. Oh, I, was I wasn't out. sure. You know, you never know when a home league draft things can go off the rails pretty quick. That's right. 
That's right. Um, again, no one wants these quarterbacks. All right, dude, we get our guy. I feel like we need to scoop. Let, ooh. I feel like we need – can you look at the running back tab? Really I think we got to grab Stafford here, dude. Be- All right, let's do Stafford. Uh, fuck Staff- it, let's do it. Dude, yeah, I mean, this is a nice pairing there. Dare I do it again while Liam's getting his drink. You're right, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you. Kevin says, a recap for the audio listeners. I have been very uh, poor at catching you guys up. I do post these on the In a Vacuum podcast feed. Our team right now through 11 rounds, we have our two quarterbacks, Dak Prescott and Matthew Stafford, both of which we got well after ADP. We got a zero RB running back room going, just Antonio Gibson and James Cook. At running back, we have the bully tight end, Mark Andrews and Darren Waller. And then our wide receivers, Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, Marquise Brown, Mark uh, Brandon Ayuk, and Christian Kirk. Pretty fun team. Pretty fun team. Done at quarterback. Done at tight end. A uh, couple more receivers and got a round out. Hammer, hammer these running backs down the stretch. Rob says, why is Rojo going undrafted now? Rob, are you sitting down? I want you to have a seat. I don't know how to tell you this, but um, things aren't looking good for Rojo. Dude, I need to sit down for this, man. I've still been taking him somewhat. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like, uh, he is yeah. really a guy who I'm like, okay, well, he could get cut and signed to a better team, you know? Exactly. I know. It's, uh, you know, the ship chasing brand, you know, Visca got cut. You know, it was either we want you to land on the Chiefs or get cut. Leave it to Ronald Jones to do both. <laughs> that's that's all we that's all we needed to happen there. Dang, don't like to see that Michael Gallup went. Um, yeah, it's all right. I think with this team, we should stop. We should either do seven or eight running backs. Wow. An eight we, running back. That, we could I guess do, with the bully tight end, we could get away with six. With the bully tight end and the quality of our five wide receivers, like we could push this group um, and just say, hey, we're going to take eight shots at hitting basically the nuts at running back with chaos throughout the season. Um, but I would say seven is more normal. Just a two seven seven two build is what it's kind of setting up for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, two seven seven two. I mean, I think one of these has to be a, a random dart throw, um, Cowboys pass catcher. So, we can, I mean, we can yeah, I mean, we can take a guy in the eighteenth, but there's all like, how are you feeling about a free fo- uh, falling Tolbert? I don't want to be the rookie talking about players, but I yeah, mean, he, no. like he like the reports are negative about him. That's why he's falling. Yeah, we don't talk about players. Uh, Pius says, Visca traded to the Panthers. Correct. Talk about Correct. that. Let me hear about that. I mean, I, th- I think it's I think it's uh, clearly an upgrade. I think it's clearly an upgrade. The, 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 the Jags were done with him. He needed a change of scenery. Pat uh, had some interesting stats he was sharing about how their other options in the slot were awful. Yeah, um, could he be the new Jarvis for Baker? I mean, yeah, that might be a little aspirational, but I, I think he has a pretty clear path um, to seeing. I've drafted field. zero this year. I've just been team Zay Jones. Yeah, yeah, you and all the Zay Jones slappies. You guys fucking love Zay Jones. Just Why like didn't you guys the, start drafting Jamal Agnew? All the Zay Jones bros need dude, to Dude, Jamal out. Agnew had some moments last year. 
<laughs> I know. Uh, uh, exactly harbs uh how are you guys treating spiller with the injury this is a this is a good question here robbie i swear to god i swear to god robbie boom that's how you do it liam's trying to I wanted, talk you know about you, the guy. you add a little yeah <laughs> ask a little question it, come on get um, out of here let's I, go back to did you move in though. the Swolecast jersey that's what i have to know uh that, no, that I literally just went up to me. my pile of shirts and uh this one was on the top and I was like, you know what? That's pretty fitting for my show with Liam tonight. Um all right, you you go first, Pete. How are you feeling about Spiller? Yeah, I mean, I was drafting him a ton in the 130s. I was drafting Rashad White, and then right after him, I was grabbing Spiller a ton. And it's not just the injury with Spiller, too, right? It was that he's been playing behind Joshua Kelly, a little bit behind Roundtree. I'm pretty spooked on him. He's not a guy that I'm really going out of my way to dollar cost average down as much. How are, how are you treating him? I've capitulated and I've taken some Josh Kelly, some of the high stakes, mm -hmm. taken a share or two of Spiller as he's fallen, but mostly, mostly just fading that. And um, I don't know. It's probably just the big three for the chargers, Eckler, Allen, Mike Williams. No Palmer for you. Palmer is a guy I had a ton last year. And all, yeah, Palmer too. I'd throw Palmer in the mix. I mean, Everett could, will have his weeks, right? Um, yeah. And I don't know, like probably not a situation we, it's it's so hard, man, because if they kept Justin Jackson, like I love Ju Justin Jackson has been like 80% of Eckler, right? Like he's like caught balls. He got blackballed by the league. He, well, no, no, he didn't get blackballed. He's signed by the uh, Lions. J Justin Jackson? Yeah, no, Is that he... was someone else. I, I know what you're talking about. Okay, hang on. Let's see here. Um, what have you been? I, like, I mean. I like, uh, well, let's see what happens here. Click on the wide receiver tab. Let's see. Let's see who's there in case there's a tier. Nico, break. KJ Osborne. Oh. I mean, I can't take yeah, I mean, KJ Hamler. Yeah, no, let's, <laughs> let's do Herbert. Yeah. I uh, like Herbert most out of this group. Yeah. I think it's close between him and Algier. I like both. Algier, I mean, like, I get it. He scored two touchdowns in the preseason, but I like Cordell Patterson. Yeah. Herbert could potentially be like a ground and pound running back on a really bad team where like Patterson, at least he's catching balls. He's got the optimism of being like the number two pass catcher after the, at the wide receiver position ish. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Like how many, how many red zone carries will Algier even have? Yeah. And he, he free falls in a lot of drafts too. He's a guy you, you can get in the one sixties, the one seventies. Hang on a second. Cameron says, why does Liam look like an eighth grade Josh Allen? I will never be able to unsee that. <laughs> uh, I've put gotten up, that. Put up your from cheers. Like, I'm getting a screenshot of this. Put up. Put I've up gotten cheers. that from random people before. Like I remember when I used to work for chess.com, I was like, I did a, a sales trip out in San Diego and these Bills fans were like, you look like Josh Allen. And I've told people that they're like, some people think I look like Josh Allen. They're like, no, you don't. I don't really, I don't really see it, but uh, I hear that sometimes. Oh my goodness. I love it. I love it. I see it tonight. 
Um, let's get back to this like scruff. Both of us cannot grow real beards. No, no, this is, I mean, the, the nice part is, is I, I don't have to shave, um, once a week is, is about all I need. Um, have yeah, you so built he, any six wide receiver teams? Hmm. Definitely I've, plenty of sevens. I don't, I don't know if I've, if I have the constitution, the dog in me to do six. I, you know, I've done some six wide receiver teams, but I did it when ETN was my, I got ETN in the seventh. Okay. And so it's like, start with six, ETN anchor. And it was like wheels up. You could do that for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. And I remember just facing some playoff teams that basically, if you're just like nutted at wide receiver, it does not matter your roster construction. <laughs> right. Pete, do you have any cats? You got to answer. No, that. I do. I hang on, hang on. Now, do I do I look? Do I look like a cat guy? Is that how I project? I look like I just have a bunch of cats walking around back here. I like cats, man. Cats are cool. I mean, I, I don't like dogs have anything. Too. I'm an animal person, to be clear. Some people are very clearly one side of the aisle. Yeah. Um. How do you feel about hard knocks? Like, I feel like the lesson from hard knocks is. If there's anyone that's fantasy relevant from the Hard Knocks team, draft that player early because they will get a two-bump jump in August. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it sucks because we were supposed to have a whole August of getting to draft Amon Ra around Ayuk and Elijah Moore, and you just get your pick of these second-year wide receivers. And then Hard Knocks was like, nah, nah, nah. He now goes in the fourth round. And that no, is the Amon Ra had that pick. one like, like psychopath quote. That's yeah. like naming all the wide receivers drafted yeah. above them. And you're like, okay, dog. <laughs> you're like, yeah. and you know, every creator from ever would jump on that. I feel um, like that's kind of weird. Uh, was like hard knocks, like does not talk up Deandre Swift that nice. But I think Deandre Swift is like just really good at football. I feel like that would be a key, a key and peel sketch if they were still recording where it's like the, uh, the NFL player who remembers every single uh, player he ever played against his entire life all the way down to like kindergarten. Um, I think we should be between like, we should maybe ooh, I love both these with the recent news. Yeah. Sony Michelle cut. Yeah. Cool. I mean that I'm not going to lie. Like, I mean, I, the most case has always been obvious. It's always been yeah. clear, Right. And, and it could be like on the ground. It wouldn't shock me if the dolphins play the Patriots that way. Um, but the Michelle cutting was, a little surprise. I mean, maybe it shouldn't have been because he failed a physical and then the dolphins like immediately signed him after the failed physical with the saints where it seemed like maybe they just like, were like, fuck it. We're going to sign you. I don't care about your physical. Do you and then we heard nothing about him like all camp. Yeah. And I, I mean, I thought early on in the off season, Pat had kind of sold me that on Sony Michelle kind of being their goal line back, which it made sense when you, I mean, he could, he could so easily go back to the Rams, right? Like that yeah. could happen. But do you know what other thought I was just having Liam, just talking about you running pure, not only did you win best ball mania too, but all of your players, your brand guys and the players who carried you to that in week 17, everything's broken perfectly for those guys. I mean, Amon Ra getting steamed up. Rashad Penny now has a fast runway without Kenneth Walker early on. I mean, Gabe Davis, still the talk of the town. I mean, you ran so pure on your brand plays. 
I mean, and I think it's given me a bit much to like pretend like Amon Raw. I did not have a. I think I got scared off of Amon Raw. Like that was a lesson for me. Where like early on in the draft season, I was like, he could be the Lions number two after like TJ. And then I think I read some like Twitter people, and they're like, we don't think Amon Raw is good at football. And I was like, oh, you know, like that was a lesson yeah. for me. Like just look at the top down. Um, Zamir, who's who's left here? Yeah, I think we go Zamir. I mean, like, I don't know. Jameson Williams is a guy I really want to draft, but yeah, let's just do Zamir. Like, do you have conviction that I know Jameson is good at football? Do you have uh, conviction yeah. Zamir is? I I kind of do. I don't have conviction on Zamir White, but what I have conviction on is Josh McDaniels doesn't seem to like Josh Jacobs, and he does really seem to like Zamir White. The yeah, problem is like that- Amir Abdul is going to be a problem here. Well, that's the thing is like, I think Zamir, we're really hoping he like sneaks two on the ground. Um, James, like, and I'm, sometimes I'm inclined to go Jameson there because I can convince myself on any running back between the round 16 through 18. I cannot always do the same with wide receiver, you know? Yeah. I thought what happened to Mr. Six wide receiver bro over here angling for Jameson Williams. Although Jameson does fit perfectly on a build like this. I, well, I mean, I didn't know if we were doing uh, eight or six wide receivers. I want the Liam we, experience. If you, you you can push me out of my comfort zone with uh We can do, I mean, look, we could do six with this group because it's really like we drafted five studs at wide receiver. And then, well, and the way I think about it is Waller's our tight end and Mark Andrews is uh, one of our flex wide receivers that we just took. Exactly. So we need five, yeah. uh, we need three of five each week at wide receiver pretty much. And like, if Jalen Tolbert is anything, hallelujah, you know? Yeah. Um, and then at quarterback, what we're, we're kind of expecting like a 20 point floor with a bunch of 25 point weeks, you know? So yeah. like we're f- feeling real strong at quarterback. These are like how I like to build teams. And sometimes you're going to miss on the running back contingencies that you add in late. And sometimes you're not going to, um, how do you feel about the later round wide receivers versus running backs in this year's draft landscape? Because it feels to me, it's not even close to me. Really it's balanced this year. I feel I'm way not more picky, late, but like at this, at this, like KJ Hamler, Jameson Williams. Yeah. I like those guys. Uh, though you, you, you name like two of the guys. I mean, I'll take Paris Campbell. I'll take some David Bell, but yeah, those are grosser dudes. Yeah, and but when I can go, I can go through like I can give you six or seven running backs who aren't getting drafted, and most of these and tell you a story where where they're getting twenty plus points down the stretch. 100%. Like it's just such an Agreed. easier Agreed. sell for me. I feel like more often you will hit a wide receiver where you can fool yourself and be like, "Look, look at me! I drafted a wide receiver. He averaged ten points for the season, but." the times that you win the tournament is when you hit on those running backs that are doing what you said, like they're giving you those 20 point weeks. And that is like, that's so key at running back where other people could just legitimately be eating zeros in your playoff brackets. Um, Joe, I'm going to address this once and for all, because you spam this in my chat. What feels like once a day for the past 13 days. I am not looking up my draft on 8 16 at 11 30 PM. I was in with you in saucing your team. Okay. I'm not doing that. If you want to become a YouTube member and join the discord, 
Uh, maybe I'll do it for you there, but you got to stop with this bit, man. You God bless stop. you, Joe. Please subscribe, <laughs> yeah. become a member. I'm a, I'm gonna gift you a membership if you don't. Honestly, uh, that was my gift. My team. It went from sauce my team to sauce my team from fucking thirteen. Pete, days look ago. up the eight sixteen giraffe. <laughs> that you you have reached another level of stardom. That that is what uh, <sighs> your your group has going on here. What's your thought? What's your take on on TDP right here? Let, let me see the running back tier. Yeah. And and the wide receiver. And I just one. am curious about your TDP just in general. I have a lot of TDP. Um, I think we either go Curtis Samuel. If we're going mm. seven wide receivers, I want Samuel. If we're not, let's take TDP and just go all running back. You I want I want your because I think both are very intriguing to me. I, you kind of sold me on the Samuel stuff, and it's a little I feel like we like with the recent news, I already was feeling Samuel could eat into running back carries. Um, just like look at that season two years ago, man, where he had he he was legitimately Debo Samuel before Debo Samuel was Debo Samuel. Right. Like he was like weak Debo Samuel. Um and I don't know, maybe he's not good anymore. Maybe but I really just think he was unhealthy last year. And yeah, he I think he actually does have a four two seven forty. Let me look this up. The other the other thing too about the reason I don't mind passing on TDP is because I also really like Jeff Wilson and I actually think Jeff Wilson. Well, is that is the right thing. now. It's like, that's yeah. really the thing is like, all right, Kurt Samuel, four, three, one, 40. Um, you now like, look it up because you know, the chat will catch you if you, if you get the wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I can't record. just, I can't just say numbers off the cuff. Um, <laughs> no, T TDP is a guy I got a lot of, but Jeff Wilson recently is giving me some pause. Trey Sermon, like, can't tell if he's being showed to be cut or if he's being showed because they want him. And, like, San Francisco is one of those teams where we're often, like, we don't have the info we think we have about that team. Mm -hmm. You know, where it's like, oh, this is the order, and then it's like, these two guys got cut or they're benched or whatever. Um, so definitely going to finish with two running backs here. Yeah, you know when I'm not so convinced Daryl is dead. Like it's kind of seemed like they were co-playing this most recent week. Um, let's take Dontrell Hilliard. How you feel? Okay, about that? now this is what I like. I mean, we, you're getting a little bring back a guy that is probably the number two there that I clearly have not taken enough. Uh, I am sold. Yeah, let's take it. I mean, I could tell you perked up because it's literally any name that's not the chalk of what you've been doing exactly and, and that and that feels good from your perspective too because it's like holy shit i'm getting different and like i yeah. feel you there where it's like sometimes i fall in my ways i'm like well this is the best value late in the draft um but hilliard hilliard's been a guy i've been taking a lot of all off season he's been drafted a little bit more recently um if he it, like to me the thesis is like if we're not drafting derrick henry which i pretty much have not been we need right. to take haskins or hilliard and yeah. Hilliard like gave us some spike weeks last year. Got like ten targets in a game. Um, is a bring back. Um, you know, so he's a guy yeah. I like. I think the hard thing with some of those backfields too is where you you do want to kind of le further leverage that fade, like you mentioned with Henry, but it's getting tricky to know who the handcuffs are. And so it's of like Arizona games. to me, Arizona and Tennessee. I view as like similarly high value backfields, 
but I do have questions about who it is. Like, yeah. would it really shock you if Keontae Ingram is like the second coming of Christ? And you're like, God damn it, we were drafting Eno Benjamin over him. No, I mean, no, not. No, nothing, nothing would would shock me in that regard. No, exactly. But and that's why it, it then it goes back to that whole thing of, you know, prioritizing talent. You know, who who actually could put up the twenty plus week, the Rashad Penny, if you will. We we always knew Rashad Penny had the talent. I mean, he was a first round pick, explosive rusher. It was just, oh, he's made a glass. But you knew if he got. 20 plus touches in a game he'd rip off the thing that makes it tough with like the 49ers is like i don't think tdp or wilson are that guy as far as i think wilson is if he exclusively is the back that week right but, but that's again the argument's volume based which i'll buy with any running back but i'm saying like none of those guys are well but it's kind of like runs. getting in the head of the team like like yeah. like it's it's much easier to play offense than defense in the nfl right so if a team wants to run the football, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Rams a little bit, you know, just kind of like draft the pieces to make that happen. Um, but I like I agree, like Jeff Wilson is not a guy I've been smashing. TDP was. I've cooled off just because I have so much. Yeah. Um at infinite exposure above what he's going at, you know. Or he kind of like has been going this range the whole time and I mean, I'm with you. Like, I'd rather go off the board with this running back because there's a guy I probably like 2% less that is drawing equally live, you know, where and is, is being drafted at 0% compared to that. Um, I don't know. So, yeah. No, I I agree with that. Yeah, so we're, we're now headed toward one of my favorite builds, the 2772 and... You know, what I think is super fun. Oh, I know a guy team. I want to take for this team. Okay. Um, I'll let you sit on that there. But the, the reason I really like this team, I just feel like the two quarterbacks who, yes, they're not in the studs. elite tier, but they're studs. And to get them at these prices, it almost like washes out anything we were behind at with the double elite tight end, where sometimes you're going to feel, if we did that and got the Hertz or the Kyler, we're maybe starting to feel behind. And I feel like we got completely bailed out getting these quarterbacks. So yeah, and and double elite tight end for me for playoff weeks is one of the easiest ways to get a team to the finals. Where yeah, if a Waller or a Kittle scores 30 points in week 15, 16, you're advancing. Uh let's go yeah. um the guy with the Rams. Kyron? Yes. yes. That's not, and I will say, uh, Acres was back at practice today, but that still doesn't mean he's fully good. Whatever, go. right? Like yeah. he's drafted at zero percent. Um, and the fact I would that, say, I was just gonna say the fact that the team sat him out of their preseason game as a rookie that that told me a lot. That should be some news we're buying. Like he's he's another guy who like the analytics community just decided is bad, and. I had a little shares earlier in the offseason, cooled off when he broke his foot. Um, but it's like it's like Jeff Wilson from last year. It's like guy, good team, kind of wants to run the ball in the Rams. Um, potentially stacks with Stafford, where maybe he's the pass catching guy. If if Henderson or Akers goes down or whatever, um, and almost never getting taken in an 18 round format. Yep. Um, 
All right, let's see. Why don't you, we got one more pick here, and then this draft comes to a close. Um, let me get this temporarily. How, how many drafts is this up for you? Uh, that, that was my 129th. Okay, so you're, you're closing in. Yeah, I'm going to have to pick it up a little bit. I, I have a crazy stretch. You'll get, get there. Vegas. You got 10 I'll days. You, you'll, you'll do like two one day, and you'll be fine. So give me give me the uh, the full rundown on this team. This is uh, right. for doing a stream draft. Uh, I, this was actually came out pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, this is how I like to build teams a lot of times. So we got double elite quarterback, double elite tight end, where we're just counting that for advance rate purposes, we're really separating from our group of 12. At wide receiver, we have five unquestioned studs. And... I would say we have four wide receiver ones on their respective team. Ayuk is not the pass catcher one for the 49ers, but comfortably feels like four-ish to five-ish really strong spike weeks. And then Tolbert and Samuel is like, could be some gasoline on the fire. Like they could really do it. Um, two high upside guys, a rookie. And then our running backs, we threw seven at the board where... I think Gibson, Cook, Herbert, Mostert, White definitely give us early week appeal in that five. Hilliard maybe is is like, he really would not shock me if Hilliard catches four balls week one. Um, also wouldn't shock me if it's just Derrick Henry and then Hilliard is pure contingent. And then Williams, maybe he's later season, maybe he's whatever. The combo of Williams and Hilliard drafted together is probably one. Like we probably have one of the only teams that have done that. So that feels good in a 455,000 person contest. Ultimately a winning team, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button and tell your parents about this draft. What are we up to? So Liam up to 852. I mean, we need more. I'm dropping uh, Liam's YouTube handle here again into the chat. Subscribe to Liam's. Feed, I'll be over there on Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll be drafting another Best Ball Mania 3 team. What what numbered draft do you think that's going to be for you? In the 140s, I don't know. Um, sometimes I do drafts later night. But before before we close out here, you you give us us your, you know, walk us through the team from your perspective. Uh, the the picks you really like, the picks, whatever. You know, like I gave my view, but let's see, let's hear the Pete view. Yeah, no, I uh, I really like this team, and I like that. Again, I talk about how I get pushed out of my comfort zone. I, I'm not a big bully tight end guy unless I'm generally getting an extreme value. You know, I was doing some Kelsey Pitts teams because Pitts would, like, fall to super late third or early fourth, and I was like, this is ridiculous. So I'll do it in those instances, but I don't normally build that way. And so it was fun to get off that track. And then, you know, the, the guy in me wanting those elite QBs was tilting as we watch Hertz and Lance and Kyler go off the board. And so then I'm like, all right, we might get funneled toward a three QB build. Maybe we get car or whatever. And the way that Dak and Stafford fell into our lap yeah, there. That's like, so, I mean, Stafford at 125. I'm happy that you firmly stamp that. Uh, last, yeah. last knee jerk question from you. Yes. Do you have a lean for what type of draft strategy you like at this point in the off season between zero RB or heavy RB? I kind of see the point for zero RB with the sense that compared to season, uh, teams in earlier drafted, 
your if you don't get the wide receiver firepower plus they're hitting on some zero RB targets, like you're just getting pointed. So you just need to you just need to gamble that you're getting better zero RB targets at this point in the offseason. It's kind yeah. of how I feel about it. But what, what yeah. do you think? No, and I agree because you know, all of the guys, you know, Hilliard and Kyron weren't getting drafted throughout the offseason. We have we have an information edge on the teams who were drafting earlier and they were taking Hassan Haskins and they weren't drafting a third Rams running back. And so I really do like that element of it. I was drafting Moster early and then I like really cooled off because I got pretty spooked by how they just kept bringing in guys. And now you get that information coming back around again. I mean, you know, Moster, he went at pick 164 here. I mean, the, the Sony news just broke today. I imagine we see Moster creep up 10, 15, maybe 20. In my home league, he went in like the seventh round. Yeah. Yeah. So I I'm with you. I mean, the problem with me is I like zero RB early and I like it late. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you could always convince nice. yourself on the zero RB, yeah. like the lottery tickets at running back position. Yeah. Um, all right, here's the deal. Fucking Joe called my bluff. And <laughs> we got to look member. at that team. Come on now. <laughs> and here's the deal. I did go and find this team. Uh, this was a draft. Yes. I apparently also, had the one five in is here. He Epoch Joe. This is Epoch Joe here from the Ted hole. Joe has literally been asking me to sauce. Joe, can I ask a follow up? I really wish I could play the NFL like ESPN music. Like, here's my question. And I, what, what is your guess on this? Has Joe just fired a single bullet or, Oh, he just wants to know because we were in this draft together. I was like, why, why this specific draft? Well, because I have access to it. I die. Joe, give us the amount of drafts you've done this year. Please (laughs) tell the people. So let's look at this team. You talked about an anchor ETN build earlier in the off season. I think you mentioned sixth, seventh round. He does get the anchor here in the fourth, uh, CD lamb, Devonte Adams, DJ Moore, DJ Moore at pick 34. That's nice. Uh, ETN, Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore. All right, we got a piss boy on our hands. Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, similar kind of quarterback window as us tonight. Edmonds at 87. CPAT Gainwell, Chark, Khalil Herbert, Najoku, Ingram, Hooper. So did get boxed out on early tight end. So cranked it there. Curtis Samuel, Kyle Phillips. I really want to like every pick. Like every guy is a guy I draft a lot. Except I'm out on these contingent Tennessee pieces in Hooper and Phillips. Yeah. Where, like, you know, tight end is a anyone can sell themselves any story at tight end, and that's a great thing about it. Um, and we all have guys we gravitate towards, but like Hooper, I'm out on. I don't know. Kyle Phillips, I just don't think they run that much slot. Maybe they do. Maybe he forces their hand. But every other player I like quite a bit that he drafted. So Joe, it was worth the membership. You now also can check into the Ship Chasing Discord, which is a really plus EV place to be. Ship Chasing Discord and Pete's channel, you know, like you would have learned about the rake-free FFBC today. I learned about that in there. I learned about things in there. Uh, I, I hate to burst your bubble, but that's a separate membership because they're separate YouTube channels. Separate but, membership, uh, <laughs> Joe. You know, take a second uh, mortgage I'll out. Review, and get I'll that view one. another one of your teams uh, and you could double up. I will say too, I mean, always sexy when you get the, the premium stacks, right? Derek Carter, Devontae Adams, Dak Prescott to CeeDee Lamb. The other thing you can tell nuts, by this, yeah. dra- this draft, he he let it come to him too. He wasn't 
you know, reaching hard to, to go get these guys was staying within these, these ADPs here, got Adams to slide to 15, um, Curtis yeah, Samuel, Joe, draft left, after. man, I'm trying to win. Yeah. All right, Joe, you did it, man. You became a member. You wanted us to sauce your team. And then we just said we liked it. So I, I don't know what, what did I do in this draft? Yeah. Let's look Ooh. at your team there. Okay. So here, th- here's my classic back on my bullshit. Two, seven, seven, two. Trey Lance and Joe Burrow. Who did I get it with? Chase. Okay, I got the premium. Chase Higgins and Gabe with the bring back. Debo. Uh, and then the Waller bring back. This is this is a nice team. I got, I mean, I don't want to. It's a nice team. Sermon is either a smash or cut and out of the yeah. NFL. I really have no idea. It's wild how much like I feel certain people do know how rosters would shake down. If they mm-hmm. knew, like, if they had any sort of plug-in and everyone else is just guessing, which I am in that boat. Really nice zero RB candidates you have, too. Um, you need Waller to be that guy most weeks. But, like, Fant, I love as, like, a give me three to four spike weeks, you know? Yeah. I got I got the premium. Yeah, I forgot I had a chat pointing out I had Boyd, too. So, I got Boyd at 116 here, so... Burrow How do you feel stack, recently about more and, and MVS? Um, man, I am uh, I'm torn on that. I've been taking more, more. Let me see what my exposures are at with these guys. I was taking 15% more, more, 12.6% MVS. I think like if you had, if you made me choose one, I think I'd choose MVS, but yeah. I have a lot of more too. Yeah. It kind of goes back, not not quite the same, but similar to the James Cook and Devin Singletary thing where I feel 100%, like yeah. we kind of know what MVS is. We know he's going to have some big fucking games with Mahomes. Like that's that's a given. It's just like me trying to be like, I think Mahomes is that much better than Rodgers, which is like maybe yeah. not true. I don't know. Yeah. and Or at least for MVS, you know. But in Sky Moore's range of outcomes is stuff like Juju gets hurt. Sky Moore's just really fucking good. And he has a 25% target share. Kelsey's old. And like Sky Moore could be that dude down the stretch. So that's, it's a little more tantalizing where we know MBS can't be that. He's not. I'm glad that we're both getting buried by CEH. So that's, uh, that's, that's one for master and teacher, whatever, whoever's wearing whatever hat there. Um, Glad that you guys enjoyed this late night stream. Liam and I have been trying to uh, coordinate these for a little while now, and now you guys will get two streams with us this week. Uh, Liam, what else do you have going on? You've been pumping out all kinds of stuff. Do you got any other programming this week? No idea. Might do a couple more streams. Really, I mean, I got to really, I need to like do 60 more drafters, 60 more DK, something like that. When do you leave for Vegas? Uh, I leave, man, a week from Wednesday, a week from Wednesday. Yeah. I might be there. I might not be that. You should dude. We got, we got a good crew. I really want to be there, but I'm just, there's like a wedding. I'm trying to, you know what? I'm trying to sort it all out, but thanks so much for having me on Pete. This was a blast. I feel like our team is good. I feel like it's good considered the time of the season that we're drafting. We're about to get a bunch of news like tomorrow. Is cut down day. Yeah. So if you are someone who's drafting, I would recommend drafting as soon as you have cut down news because every year there's players that we think 
are going to play out a certain way, and then they're on the street. And I would take advantage of that news immediately. Yep. Uh, good words of wisdom there from the champ. Hopefully this draft will live um, in infamy in the way. Let's revisit uh, it, man. When we're shipping it. it. We will do it. Thank you for sending that 1275. Good to have that on the books. We appreciate you guys. I will be back tomorrow. We got club top shot Tuesday night. And then of course I will be back with Liam on Thursday on his channel for another BBM three draft. Have a great night. This has been best ball after dark.